What is going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark DeBerg, the podcasting coach here. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about a multi-million dollar company, how it came about, the growth behind it, and some insights you guys can use to grow your businesses. Our guest who joins us today is the CEO and founder of Swag.com, the best place to buy quality promotional products that you'll actually want to keep. Swag.com sold $7 million in product in 2009, and since the company was first founded, sales have more than doubled every single year. And they work with thousands of companies, including Facebook, Google, Amazon, Netflix, and Spotify. So our guest who joins us is none other than Jeremy Parker. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Wow, awesome. Thank you for, uh, for having me. Jeremy, it is a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success and to have a company that has that type of growth scale. There are a lot of people who they want to hit six figures. And now we're talking to a guy who's done seven figures with his company. So I'm wondering if you could, let's just peel it back a little bit, go into origin story. How did you come up with the idea of swag.com and build it in those initial stages? Sure. Sounds good. Yeah. So we started the business in 2016. And my background is somewhat unique where I used to be a filmmaker. I was a documentary filmmaker in college. I was always wanting to be a branding guy, but when I went to Boston University and I looked at the curriculum for film and for marketing, they were pretty much the exact same thing, except for in film, I learned how to make videos. And I thought that would be very beneficial. At the time, YouTube was just getting started. So I thought, you know, to be a really big marketer, I would have to understand all the different mediums of telling stories. So I was a filmmaker. I won the audience award at the Vail Film Festival when I was 18 years old. I was you know, thinking about maybe going to film. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. But my first job out of college was working for this company called MV Sport. MV Sport is one of the largest players in promotional products. They do a lot of the collegiate licensing for University of Maryland and Oregon State and all these major universities. If you go to a college bookstore, you're bound to find an MV Sport t-shirt. And my idea was, what if I could create the best kind of collegiate licensed graphic design contests where people can design their favorite school logo. All the students would come on and vote for their favorite designs and the wing design would sell on t-shirts at the basketball stadium, football stadium, bookstores, et cetera. And we ended up launching it a little bit over 200 schools all over the country. And I really learned the ins and the outs of promotional products. Um, not necessarily for what I'm doing right now, but definitely the side of production and manufacturing and that whole side of the business. And at the time, I really saw that the buyer of promotional products was this 45 to 50 year old office manager. That's just who the buyer was typically. And you fast forward, and I've done a lot of different things over the course of the, the last 10 years or so. I saw that the, the industry as a whole has continued to grow, but the buyer, the one thing that's really changed was the buyer. The buyer is now this millennial buyer. And once I saw that kind of aha moment of industries old, fragmented, and broken, but the buyer is this new type of buyer. They want things to be completely automated and streamlined and easy to use and don't want it to search through thousands of products. They want to have a curated experience. Um, I realized that we could have a really amazing brand focusing on today's buyer. So in 2016, I bought the swag.com domain name. I went out to really go after the market. I had no idea what I was going to build. And my first kind of year of building this platform was not building anything with technology, even though that was the intention to build an automated experience, but really to learn as much as I can from the first year, talk to the buyers. I'm now speaking to hundreds of buyers, trying to understand their pain points so that I ultimately could, be, could build the right platform for them. 
And it's really good how Germany's bringing up understand your buyer. And your buyer, one of the things people don't think about as much is yes, you have your avatar, but that person changes along that journey. Mm-hmm. So for anyone who likes Taylor Swift, like her songs have changed over the years in part to reflect who her fan base is because her fan base gets older. You've got different emotions. You've got different things going on. And in Jeremy's case, you go from a focus on college students to now focus on millennials because the college students he was originally catering to, well, now they're out on their own and they are looking for an experience that swag.com provides. And I am wondering on that thought of swag.com, it's grown very quickly. Was it a paid ad strategy? Was it a lot of word for mouth? Was it outreach? Like, what would you say really contributed to the growth? Yeah, so there's a lot of different inflection points. You know, it's never one thing that's kind of let it go into the very beginning of the business. We had no marketing budget, we had no organic strategy budget, we didn't have a website, frankly. So the initial, the, the month one to six was all me going out and being a traveling salesman, like really knocking on doors, going to Facebook, going to WeWork, going to Bravo, showing up at the office with a bag of swag and trying to sell it. So that was our initial way to get in the door. Really, we always started from the top down. A lot of companies start from trying to build their way up eventually to get to Facebook. We want to start at the Facebook because we want to build in this really strong brand of working with the best companies. If other companies came to our site and they saw that we work with all these blue chip companies, they'll feel a lot more you know, safe working with us. So that was our initial kind of traction. The next thing was all of the t-shirts that we make have the inner label that says swag.com. So when we work bought 5,000 t-shirts, the nature of swag is to be given away. You know, when you think of when you buy jeans, like a pair of jeans, you wear them for many, many years. When you buy swag, the company buys it to literally give it away. It's, it's, it's for marketing, it's internal kind of culture building. So every single person who's getting the swag that's been given away is getting kind of the social proof of swag.com. They're getting a t-shirt, they're seeing WeWork did it, beautiful print, really high quality, in the inner label, it's in swag.com with our tagline, we made this, which also lets them know that we made this product. And that in itself really got us to be spreading. All of our customers were doing the marketing for us without even realizing it. Um, and then it became kind of, so we got to the next level. You know, we did from 360,000, our first year of business, just me and my co-founder, Josh, traveling salesman, just selling. Second year of the business, we did a little bit over 1.1 million. Third year of the business, we did over 3.1 million. Then our, sh- our strategy started to shift. It started becoming, you know, more organic traffic. You know, we went from 3,000 organic visitors last January to over 23,000 organic visitors this January. And this past month in July, we had over 30,000 organic visitors. So the strategy has to shift along the journey. You have to do things that maybe not be repeatable, that might be kind of painful, frankly. You know, it wasn't easy to be making, you know, office visits 10 a day trying to close sales, walking over through WeWork every single office and just getting rejected over and over again. But it allows you to kind of learn what your customers want. So ultimately you build a platform that really streamlines the entire experience. And last year we did approximately 7 million and this year we should be breaking 10 million. So even in the pandemic, we're, we're growing. We just had our second best month ever. We're in the middle of the pandemic. We're in August 3rd, July. We did close to a million dollars in sales for the month of July. So it's just a lot of things are growing because it's the right time for it. For us, it's the right time to really double down on organic traffic. We have a really amazing paid acquisition strategy. We have a lot of partnerships that are in the works that will hopefully bring a lot more 
um, kind of traffic to our site. And also, frankly, the much better platform. Our site is completely automated, it's streamlined, it's easy to find what you're looking for, upload your logo, design it in a matter of seconds and you can buy it. You can add it to and ship it to your office. And right now with this pandemic, we have this amazing swag distribution platform that's really allowing us to grow where companies can buy swag in bulk, we'll hold it in inventory for them and give them the tools to distribute it to whoever they want. So if they have a thousand remote employees, they can simply upload the CSV file, we'll calculate the shipping costs in real time, they pay for it, and we're shipping it globally all over the world. Wow. So that's, that's some really good technology right there. It's interesting in Jeremy's story, though, how it's not like he sticks with one marketing strategy and rides it forever. I'm sure he's still maybe doing some office visits, but now that he's done a lot of that heavy lifting, he can now go to the website. So a marketing strategy, big lesson there. It's always changing. It's always adaptable. And it's when you throw it into the wild where you get to see, is this going to work or not? Now, a lot of people may just say, I mean, especially during pandemic, but, um, you know, beforehand and afterhand, well, why don't you just email those people? Because making 10 office visits a day, you could probably email 100 people a day, easy. So I'm wondering, did you try the email route or did you just see so much more results from the going to the office? Yeah, for us, it was a lot about learning. So the first year, we didn't want to build any platform. We always knew from day one, we want to build the most automated experience. But I never wanted to be this business of building what I think customers want without really knowing what customers want. And sending an email, you're never really going to learn um, unless you get on the phone with them and they're willing to give you the time. Like all really what they really want, you know, and some things that they say they want, even if you're in person, you can learn what somebody actually really wants. So for me, it was just about, I'm okay putting myself out there, making the visits, being rejected, because one good meeting could really kind of shift the direction of our entire business, you know, and meeting with these people in person, showing them the quality, seeing what products they actually like in real life, what they don't like, asking the, the hard, like, what types of questions, like, what's your typical experience? How often do you usually buy? Like those are the basic stuff, but then really kind of understanding where do they go? Even watching them on other sites. I asked if I, Hey, can I, do you mind if I watch you, how you would typically buy swag and find them looking at other sites and seeing the user experience journey of where they had pain points. Like you get so much more information and just going there, it really kind of puts yourself out there that they're willing to work with you more. It, it shows that you're you know, very passionate about what you're doing. They want to be helpful. And what happened is every person who we met, that actually gave us some you know, real information ultimately ended up being customers of ours. Mm. So it all paid off. You know, it wasn't just a learning thing, which that was the main focus. It also led to customers. Some of these customers have been with us for five years at this point. So it, it's a, I think it's very important in the beginning before you start anything to really understand what you're building. Not, don't think you have all the answers. We definitely did not have the, all the answers. A lot of the features that I thought were gonna be the right features in the beginning, ultimately we never even built because talking to customers or prospective customers, we realize that, you know what, it wasn't necessarily the right focus. We should probably do something else. So you kind of really learn what the focus should be. And I mean, to have that experience to put in all that effort in a relationship, it's no wonder you've got companies, big companies that have been your customers for over five years. And you get a few of those types of companies. It's no wonder you've been able to grow quickly. But before you get the person for five years, you have to go in there for a first introduction. And these companies, WeWork, Facebook were ones that we've covered already. Like They're busy. So how do you get your foot in the door to be able to talk to a decision maker? 
That is a good question. And we didn't know this answer in the very beginning. For us, it was just, we are going to do whatever we can to get Facebook. We are going to do whatever we can to get WeWork. We are literally going to say, we had this amazing brand of swag.com. And our feeling was, if someone shows up on swag.com website, even if there's no site, if we had a row of blue chip logos, if we had the Facebooks, the Googles, the WeWorks, all these companies, people would really trust in us. Um, so we just literally put ourselves out there. I went to LinkedIn, I scoured the internet. I said, who do I know at these different companies, even if they weren't the right person and they were never the right buyer, but just try to get in the door, try to get in the office somehow. Once we're in the office, I could start talking to people, schmoozing people up, you know, Hey, do you know who would looking to buy swag? You meet this person who brings you to this person. I don't buy, but my friend over there buys. And ultimately you're going to find the right person who's going to buy. It. And it's a lot easier than just emailing different people. No one looks at their email. But if you're in the meeting, if you're in the office and you're talking to somebody and they say, Jeremy's a nice guy. He's not, you know, he's not, I want to help this guy out. Let me introduce him. And we had a lot of really early people who helped us out a lot, who took us to different decision makers who said, Hey, I want you to meet Jeremy. He's just starting this new business. He brought a lot of cool stuff and we were able to make those initial sales. Once they felt the quality, once they had that kind of experience with us and they realized of what we're trying to build, they were, they had a vested interest. They wanted us to succeed so that we could ultimately build them the right platform. And now we're doing, we have over 5,000 customers. We do swag for Amazon, Google, Facebook, Spotify, Netflix, Uber. I mean, really all the biggest companies. And it, the reason why they keep using us is because how easy the platform is. And I wouldn't have known the right platform to build unless these customers have told us, this is what I would like. I want a curated experience. I don't want to be overwhelmed with too many options. I want to be able to upload your logo. I want the system to detect how many colors are in the logo and the nearest Panto match. I want to select the quantity and the price will adjust in real time, fully dynamic pricing. I want to be able to build a swag box, you know, add a box with a notebook and a pen and crinkle paper and stickers add a note card, do all these things from a platform without having to speak to anybody. Really, like hands-free. I want to add it to inventory. I want to pull from inventory. I want to have, you know, the marketing clause and the sales clause and the London office and New York office. I want everything to be broken down by department, permission settings, approval flows. We, I didn't know any of this, but the customers were telling us. And it's not going to happen overnight. You know, you start with one feature, right? You, it's like the minimum viable product. You launch something. You get some money in the door. You start to talk more to the customers. They tell you what you're missing. You start building new features. Like, we're constantly building. We have a 12-person development team now. We started with one developer, you know, and we're only hiring more and more people because we see the features that people want to make us even bigger and better and giving our, our, our customers the best experience possible. That's really the most important thing. I did hear something I want to emphasize and just hear your thoughts on this. So I heard the, you go to this person and then this person says, go to that person. That person says, go to that person. And you mentioned earlier, you got, you at your peak went to 10 offices, 10 different locations each yeah. day. How did you keep track, stay organized with all these referrals saying, go to this person, no, go to this person and timing. Did you have like a spreadsheet? Did you just write it down as notes? Like how did you keep that intact? Yeah, I have, a, I have this app on my phone called Clear. It's called the Clear app. And it used to be free, but I think they charge for it now. But I used to, every time I met with somebody, I would put their name down, I would put their role. I would say that this person, introduce me to this person, email addresses. I love everything in my phone and just keep everything super organized. So after I left the office, I would have exactly who to follow up with. Hey, I met you over here. I met you over there. I'd love to jump on a call. love to help you out. love to send you some samples. In the beginning to us, it did not matter about making money. That was not our motivation. The first year of business, we made money. We were profitable the first year, but it was not the focus whatsoever. The WeWork order, for example, 
We showed up to WeWork. It was our second day of launch. We wanted to get WeWork. They had this WeWork summer camp t-shirt. I knew I needed this order because as I mentioned before, every single t-shirt has the swag.com inner label. Like how amazing would it be to have 5,000 WeWork t-shirts that say swag.com on the inside getting passed around to all these WeWork companies who could be customers of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So like we had like, we needed this deal and they were getting bid from everybody else. And I just said to myself, I'm willing to lose money on this order. I don't care. I need this order. I need the WeWork logo on my homepage. Just the logo of WeWork on the homepage is more valuable than even making a thousand dollars, 20%, 30. It didn't matter anymore. And also the value of having my t-shirts be in 5,000 different like decision makers hands is totally worth it. I mean, I would do anything. We ended up making about 20 cents a t-shirt, right? Very little margin, very, very little margin. And we probably ultimately lost money at the end of the day. I had to hire my family, not hire, but I asked for my mom, my dad, my grandma, my sister. We were rolling t-shirts for three days. I was rolling 5,000 t-shirts out of my house in Englewood. Rolling t-shirts. Me and my co-founder rented a U-Haul. We drove it down to the campground six hours. You have to be like, when you're starting a business, you're not only the CEO, the founder, you're the head intern. You're the, you're the truck driver. You're everything. You had to do literally every single thing you could possibly do. Um, we ended up getting the delivery. We went to the summer camp. That one order got us, I would think, over $200,000 of sales. Legitimately wow. that one order. Because every single person that we worked was reaching out to us. We love the swag. We love its amazing quality. Can you help us out? So it became like this viral. It actually introduced us to some business partners. We ended up getting a partnership with WeWork, which we were, we were the most popular product in their services store that they offer to all of their communities because of that deal. We ended up getting our tech team, which we ultimately ended up spending the next five years building our tech platform, meeting, meeting at the WeWork campgrounds. Like a lot of things happen because of ourselves, just putting ourselves out there and taking the risk and just doing things that are not necessarily scalable. You can't you know, hire family for every single order to roll t-shirts. It doesn't work that way, but there's things in the beginning, you have to do a lot of the unscalable things so that ultimately, things could scale. Like right now we have zero salespeople on our entire team. We did over 7 million ah, sales and we have no salespeople. It's fully automated our entire site. We're going to do hopefully over 10 million this year in the pandemic, fully automated without ever making sales calls anymore. I haven't made a sales call in four years. And I think the only way that that was really possible is we had to kind of learn what the right platform to build is. And it's all, all about learning. That's what we think. And you got to be willing to put your money on the line for certain points. I mean, that's a really small margin, 20 cents a shirt, but you look at the relationships it gave you, you look at the WeWork relationship, and I'd say if Jeremy had to go back and do it over again, he would keep on doing it again and again. Now, yeah. I want to go back. You mentioned that you were just starting out. You didn't know the whole process, and then you learned it as you went to more of these office meetings. More people said, this is what I like about your swag. This is what we don't like. And I know that a lot of them do tend to blend together as you do more of them. But is there one particular office meeting that really stood out, helped you with swag.com, the future direction? And what did you get from it? That's a good question. Um, in terms of the regular e-commerce site, I can't kind of remember one person who has such a you know, a motivating factor for us. But I would say in terms of our distribution platform, 100%, about two years ago, we were doing a deal for Facebook. And Facebook wanted to give rewards to an internal division within their company, something that we never really thought about two years ago. And, and frankly, I'll tell you how it's kind of really affected our business now, really affected. Um, 
and we were thinking, well, if someone's buying swag, usually, and this is 99.9% .9 of the industry, people buy swag and they send it to their office. That's the moment that you buy swag, and it's all shipped in big boxes to somebody's office. And once it gets into their office, they distribute it. But Facebook's question to us was, hey, we don't want to hold in our office to distribute it. Can you do it for us? Can you do, make the swag and not ship it to us? Can you distribute it when we need it? We'll tell you who we need to send it to. Can you just ship these one t-shirt here, one t-shirt there? And it got us really thinking about how to engage remote employees, how to engage just companies as a whole, how to engage your best customers, how to engage leads, how to humanize virtual events. Like all these kind of ideas started to rush into us of, yeah, we should be able to buy swag in a matter of seconds and click on the button and now distribute it to a thousand plus addresses at once. Like that would be amazing. That'd be an amazing world if we could do that. We went all in on this idea. We worked with Facebook to build the platform with them. They helped us out. They gave us some guidance and feedback on the platform while we were building it for them. And we realized having Facebook as a customer is great. Learning from Facebook as a real life example is amazing. It's going to teach us what we should build. And over the course of the last two years, we've been able to bring on a lot of big companies um, for this distribution platform. And frankly, before the pandemic, about 5% of all of our customers were using distribution. Now it's close to 70% of all of our customers are using the distribution platform. Because before the pandemic, it went from a nice to have to now a need to have. No one's in right. the office. Everyone's remote. No one's flying across country for trade shows and meetings. The entire promotional product business, the industry, literally, this is a crazy stat. They just came out with it last week. Over 92% of companies like us that sell promotional products are down over 45% in Q2 because this pandemic. We're up from Q2 of last year. That's amazing. And, and the only reason that I could attribute it to is the distribution platform because we actually have an amazing platform that people could actually remain and do business. When everyone is so remote, everyone is so disconnected, we're giving people the ability to stay connected. And it's very important right now. You know, I know for our own team, we're all remote. It's very hard to, to work as if, you know, we had an office in New York, everyone, there was so much camaraderie, so much team, and we're trying to keep that up. And I know how hard it is for us. It's hard for everybody, every company. You know, it's like, you, there's, there needs to be some sort of connecting dots. And I think what we're allowing companies to do is keep that company culture thriving, even when no one's in the office. And I see this with the, because I'm a marathon runner. So I go, I run to a lot of the events and before your race, you get the merchandise. And after your race, you get the medal. And what mm -hmm. these things, the companies are doing now that they're virtual marathons, virtual half marathons, they're sending you all the stuff in the mail. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting how Jeremy was able to really ride on this trend before the lockdown because of those meetings with Facebook. Now, I do want to highlight something because so many people that hear that idea, they think, wow, that's a great idea. And I know, again, numbers get a little blurry when it comes to meeting a whole bunch of people. But would you say you were at hundreds of meetings or thousands of meetings before that meeting with Facebook? First year of the business, I used to take a lot more meetings because that was like my entire focus. You know, I think when you're starting a business, you should have one main focus. And my main focus was to learn the right platform to build. That was it. I, didn't, I, I structured my day around learning. Literally, that was my first year. It didn't matter if I was blowing up, if I had a huge amount of sales the first year. If we had a million dollars in sales, two million, it didn't matter. I wasn't ever, and by the way, I'm still not even thinking, I'm not judging myself based on our sales numbers at all. And I've never been that way. I'm trying to make the right platform for customers to buy. And I think making sales will, be a, will, will happen because I'm building the right platform. I think at the end of the day, the industry of promotional products, especially this industry, is insanely massive. Think about this for a second. There's over 50 companies in our industry that make over 50 million in yearly sales. 
there's tons of people making tons of money. There's no clear winner. There's no go-to brand. We're trying to be the best brand. In my opinion, we have the best brand, best user experience, and we offer the best products. You know, we're very, very curated with the products we offer. We test every single product countless. I mean, like when we were starting from the very beginning, we only put about 20 pens on our site. Other sites you go to have thousands upon thousands of pens. It's impossible to find what's good. Many of the products are throwaway and we never want to offer products that would end up in the trash because it costs the company money and frankly, it tarnishes your brand. We want to make sure that every single thing that somebody gets is the highest quality product. So we've always been you know, really trying to be about that. And the first year I, I spoke to at least a thousand people, hundred percent, at least a thousand companies or people who worked at companies or like Facebook, 10 different people at Facebook, trying to understand how the office manager buys, right? How the HR manager buys, how the marketing team buys, how the sales team buys. They're all, they're all the same company, but they all have different kind of experiences buying. They're buying for different reasons. You know, the HR manager could be buying for onboarding of new hires right? That's a different experience than the office manager who's buying it for like company culture in the office, which is different than the sales manager who's buying it for closing of leads, right? Or the marketing team buying it for the trade shows. So there's all these kind of different buyers in the company and they have different budgets. And I had to learn, frankly, who should I be going after first? Cause you can't be, you can't be the right platform for everybody at all the times. You know, there's always kind of a level to it. And our feeling was let's go after the office manager. That was one of the biggest insights from having as many conversations as I did. The office manager to me was the easiest way to get in the company. And then that you have kind of like a Trojan horse strategy where once you get in the company, then you start to expand, you know, you start to sell to the marketing team, which might have a bigger budget and the sales team, which might have even a bigger budget and you kind of expand within it. But to get in the door, that's the most important thing. Once you get in and you could give them an amazing experience and now all the swag that they're buying for you for office culture has the swag.com in their label. It will by nature introduce us to a lot of other divisions. Um, so that was our strategy and we've been really pushing that for the first three years was hundred percent office manager. Fourth year, we started to open up to HR managers to be onboarding of new hires and that really has taken off. And now we're at the point where we're also engaging with the marketing teams because we have this distribution platform that is really good for marketing teams to reach out to their customers or to leads to close sales. So it's never, it's never the, there's never one answer. It's constantly having to learn, figure out who your first customer is and then kind of build a path to get everybody because that's all the ultimate goal is not just to deal with one customer within a company. It's to really own the company swag experience. And I love how Jeremy has this really intense focus at the start of his company. And then when he sees that it's taking off, he's able to expand a little bit more and do it timely. Also, he's not rushing to target everyone rather. He's making a very specific experience and then slightly expanding little by little to get to where swag.com certainly is. Uh, we will be throwing swag.com in the show notes for anyone who wants to check it out. Do you recommend we go anywhere else to follow all the great work you're doing? Yeah, I would just say check out our blog or come to swag.com. Um, we're constantly making updates. We're improving the site. And obviously, we would love to help out anybody who needs you know, some really quality swag. Um, you know, We're just really excited to be on the show, and, and it's, uh, it's awesome to connect. Jeremy, it was a pleasure to have you on the show, Breakthrough Success Listeners. Thank you for joining us on another episode. We will see you guys next time. Awesome. Thank you so much.